the first thing you need to know about healing is that healing belongs to you. That it's yours. That, you're, that God's not going to heal you. He's already provided it. You were already healed by the stripes of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Does that make sense? You have to know that and you have to gain revelation knowledge of it. The second thing I want to talk to tonight, I was going to go in a different direction and then I just kept hearing out of my spirit, hear and be healed. And the Lord started taking me through all of these scriptures. If you'll notice lately in our church, we've been talking a lot about what it means to keep your eyes on Jesus, which is keeping your eyes on the word. Hearing is literally tied to this. So the, tonight's message is the second key that you must have revelation knowledge on about divine healing, really about just laying hold of the blessings of God. And we're going to talk about that key is you hear and then you're healed. You must hear before anything happens. Everything begins with you hearing the voice of God. Everything begins by you hearing his word. When he utters his voice, when you hear it, faith is birthed instantly. So let's look at this in Luke chapter 5. Go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 5 in verse 15. See, there's a lot of Christians that even believe the word of God to a measure but they wonder why they're not walking in it and it's because they're not really hearing it so we have to talk about what it means to hear because tonight you could either be hearing it hearing God's word or you could just be listening so there's there's but there's a very simple way to tell and a lot of it has to do with the decision you've already made so look at, look at verse 15 of Luke chapter 5, and then we'll, we'll just kind of jump off here. It says here, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, talking about Jesus. So here's Jesus in his earthly ministry, and a fame went abroad of him, right? Well, the Bible says Jesus went around teaching, preaching, and healing, and a fame went out about him. What that means is people heard stuff about him. Okay, now look at what it says. Because of that, great multitudes came together not just to be healed of their infirmities. They came to hear and to be healed. Did you get that? What did you come here tonight for? Did you come to be healed? Well, I got to tell you, that's not going to get it done. You got to come tonight to hear and to be healed. Why? Because faith comes by hearing God's word. Does that make sense? So you come into his presence to hear. Now here's the thing. The whole Bible talks about hearing. In the book of Proverbs, it just talks about it over and over and over. It says this, the fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of wisdom. Well, when you study this out, especially under the light of New Testament truth, you realize it's the wisdom of God that comes out of the revelation of the Word of God that enables you to apply the Word specifically to your situation so that the Word will work that situation that you've applied it to to come in line with the Word of God. It'll take tumors out of your body. It'll make organs brand new. It'll bring finances into your life. It'll change everything to line up with His Word. The wisdom will show you that. Well, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Part of that word beginning is the entrance. It's like we entered into the sanctuary, what we called the sanctuary, through those doors. You enter into this through the fear of the Lord. It, and what is the fear of the Lord? It is the reverence and the honor and the respect, and here's the kicker, above everything else in your life of the Lord. To have ears to hear, you have to make a decision that he's first. But in reality, you couldn't even be born again if you didn't make that decision. So remember, this is not a feeling. You may be sitting here completely, you spoke wrong all day today. You're having the worst week of your life. You feel like your whole life is over. Guess what? All, your, all you just said to me is, you're not looking at Jesus. That's it. You're looking at the circumstances of your life. Do you know all I'd have to do to be in the same boat is get my eyes off Jesus and on circumstances. I'm telling you, Satan is a master. He could turn an anthill into Mount Everest in your life. And so here you are with all the power of God, the presence of God, the word of God to rise up and declare that you're already free and change all of it. But you won't because just you're looking at the wrong thing. Why? Because you're not putting him first when you look away, whatever you're looking at has just become first. Usually it's us. And why do we look away? It's real easy. Your flesh, the nature of your flesh, is pride and selfishness and self-centeredness. So it's, if you get your eyes off Jesus you're going to stop living out of your spirit and start living out of your flesh. And now instantly, you're living under the law of sin and death. It can't produce life. But the good news is, all you got to do is jump back over. It's a decision. I have made a decision. I, I don't care how I feel. I don't even care when I say these words if my mind is going, what are you talking about? He's not first. You know what you did, and you know, forget all that, guys. Your spirit man, trust me, it might be piled under a bunch of junk. Your, your taste buds spiritually might be numbed because you're feeding on a bunch of stuff that doesn't breathe life. But if you'll start feeding, start tasting and feeding on the word of God, you'll begin to see that he's good that his word is true, and that the power that is pointed towards you as a believer is greater than anything that could ever cause you any loss. Do you see that? They came to hear and to be healed. In Luke chapter 6, in verse 17, it says the same thing again. 
Luke 6, 17, just jump over one chapter. It says, And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Notice they came to hear and to be healed. There's something about the fame that went out about Jesus that you have to hear in order to get the result. Right? I mean, even in his own hometown, he's like, they're like, who is this guy? Do you remember even the disciples after Jesus went to heaven? They're like, these guys are unlearned men. How are they talking like this? Right? This is, they came to hear and to be healed. Now, we just went through this, but I want, on Sunday, but I want to go through it a little bit again. I want you to see the power of continuing in the word. You have to hear the word. So go to, Ma, or go to Mark chapter 4, because we've got to look at the parable of the sower, because this is a foundational parable, and the whole theme of it is you, it's, all, it's all about having ears to hear. That is the mystery of the kingdom of God. You and I as Christians are in the kingdom, so you have to have ears to hear. So let's look at this because it explains it so well. Mark chapter 4, we're just going to jump to verse 9. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear. This means, this Greek word here literally means to reverence and honor and respect the Word of God so much that you give it your full attention and first place. He said unto them, He that has ears to hear. Who is it out there who will give full attention to the Word of God? Let him hear. The, word, the principle is this. This is the key to the whole parable. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So in order to hear, you have to have ears to hear. In order to have ears to hear, you have to have God first place in your life. You have to be willing to just abandon your feelings. You have to be willing to abandon your circumstances. you got to be willing to turn your back on all your past failures. You might as well, they're not even there. They're all gone. They were all paid for, right? You, 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 all your past hurts, you gotta be able to, you gotta lay down what everybody's done to you. You gotta lay down every, what you call as a faith failure. You know, there are no faith failures. You've never met a person who's ever lived on planet Earth who's gotten in faith and stayed in faith and did not receive the promise. It's impossible. So somewhere along the line, they chose to let it go. What I'm here to tell you tonight is you are a world overcomer. The Spirit of God is in you. You have His Word, and you're designed to have ears to hear. Right? So this is the key to the parable. This is the mystery of the kingdom of God. According to this parable, the whole parable that we're talking about is based on having ears to hear. It's, it's, all, it's all based on that. And what do we mean by that? The whole parable is based on hearing God's word. 
the whole parable. Jesus said, if you don't understand how to hear God's word, you're not going to be able to understand any parable in the Bible. Does that make sense? So let's keep going with this. Verse 11, jump all the way down to verse 11 now. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Unto you. Wow, that almost seems like God is a respecter of persons. So I've been, I, Chris, I gave you something that maybe I didn't give Pastor Edwin. No, you got to read the parable because that's not what it's saying at all. It says, and he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Unto who? Unto those that have ears to hear. Anybody. This is a whosoever will, let him come. Any believer who chooses to have ears to hear, it says here, unto you, if you have ears to hear, unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom. Well, remember, what do I have to do to have ears to hear? See, I'm not saying hearing yet. I'm just saying having ears to hear. I have to make a decision that, Father, your, your word is true. Jesus, you're my Lord. Your word is true. I, I make a quality decision. I will never put anything above the word of God, above you. You are, I, my life is yours. Oh, I'm so thankful that I'm connected to you. I have to make that decision. And see, here's the thing, guys. Start talking to yourself about it. And you'll sense the enemy real strong in your mind. He'll go, but what about this? And what about that? And he'll hit every button that you may right now feel like you're not willing to give up. But boy, I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you tonight, get over yourself and give it up. We could bring people down here who have given stuff up, and it's wonderful. It's like, because all you're ever going to give up is death. And all, all God can ever give you is life because that's who he is. He doesn't have death. He doesn't have lack. He doesn't have sickness, right? So here, here we go. And he said unto them, unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom. Jesus is saying, guys, I'm about to explain the mystery of the kingdom of God, the basis of how everything works in my kingdom. He's about to explain to them the foundation of everything that he ever taught when he was on the earth. The foundation. You have to have ears to hear. And then he said this. He said this, but unto them that are, that are without. Without what? Them that have chosen to be without ears to hear. Or them that have chosen to live putting other things before God. So you've got to understand, God doesn't want to be first because he's an egomaniac and he just wants to be first. God is life. In his presence is the fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He just wants you to have it. Because he's gracious. His, his whole thing, he is love, so he doesn't consider himself. He considers you and I. And he's saying, man... Don't start looking at what other people are doing to you. Don't look at what you're doing. Look at me and walk free from all that junk. You want to overcome anything in your life. Listen, Satan, if you start to make a decision 
based on, okay, I want to make a sincere decision. So, okay, you know, I, I got I to gotta stop drinking and I got to, oh, smoking, man, I've been smoking forever. And, and, uh, and you know, and, oh, gosh, I, I've just been lying. I just can't help myself. And then, oh, you know, and then I, I mean, he, Satan will start reminding you of everything. I remember when I first started this thing, I'm like, okay, I, it's going to take me a decade to try to figure out what the first thing I should work on is. Because I'm a mess in every area of my life. I mean, I'm, I'm always gossiping, I'm, I'm lying, I'm doing this, I'm, right? And Satan, when you're trying to make that decision, he'll try to get you to make it based on all this stuff. Well, well, wait a minute, Brent, you can't really, because you got to overcome this before you can really make No, throw all of that out. Just make the decision. With complete trust. Father, I make the quality decision tonight to have ears to hear. Now, Father, you know and I know that I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't even know how to do this. But I do know this, that the Holy Spirit is in me and will guide me into it. And right now, I've made this decision, so help me. Tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And, and you might even be surprised at what he tells you to do. It might be really little and insignificant. And Satan will start screaming, yeah, but what about this thing that you're doing? Forget what he says. Just start working out what he's working in. He might tell you, you know, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to start using mouthwash in the morning. <laughs> and you're going to be like, what? You know, well, what about robbing banks? Well, just don't worry about that. Just... Just literally, just to start using mouthwash. I mean, we laugh, but I'm telling you. We think of all this stuff in degrees, but God knows your way out. He knows what the enemy has done to entangle you, not, not the you, you, spirit man, because you're free. But he knows all the little trees that the enemy, all the lies he's planted in your mind, and he knows the way to root them out without damaging anything and with cause, just causing you to increase. So he might tell you, okay, you know, I want, I want you to forgive your third grade teacher because she embarrassed you in this one. You know, he might tell you, you got to forgive her. And you're thinking, yeah, what about my dad that beat me up every day? Don't worry, no, don't worry about that. You just do what he tells you because sometimes when these plants get pulled out, you just get free in other areas. But you see, see, Satan will try to get you into the how. Okay, well, how am I going to do that? Forget the how. You have to just choose. Having ears to hear is a choice. And now here's the really cool thing, too. Once you make the choice, i got to be real honest with you. You're probably not going to be 100%. You're probably going to mess up. Right? But guess what? When you mess up, Jesus is not going to be on the throne going, Pff. you know, it's impossible for him to look at me and go, I can't believe he did this again. Well, first of all, you know, he knows everything. Second of all, he's in my whole life right now. He's not in time. And he sees me in Jesus. So he's, he's, he's a loving heavenly father. Notice, do you ever notice that he doesn't get down on you? You do a real good job about getting down on yourself. 
The enemy does a masterful job. If you miss any areas, he'll tell you about it. But God doesn't. And because and, and God knows this, it's the goodness of God that leads you to change your mind, not the beating up of yourself, right? So let's keep going with this. He says, but unto them that are without, without ears to hear, all these things are done in parables. Now, now check this out. This is a person who does not have ears to hear. They don't have ears to hear because they've chosen not to. That seeing, they may see and not perceive. This word perceive means they may see, but they don't know and understand. See, if, 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 you, don't have, if you don't have ears to hear, you're not going to perceive. Will you see? Oh, gosh, there's people that come to church, and man, they hear a sermon, and they walk away going, man, I just know that it's God's will that I'm healed. But they don't have ears to hear. They respect what their body's doing more than what God says. And what happens, they don't ever know or perceive. Perceive, that's a Holy Spirit word. The Holy Spirit can never get revelation over to them about the truth of the word. It says here that seeing they may see and not perceive. And, what, and look at what else it says. And hearing they may hear but not understand. That means they don't, under, they don't comprehend. See, we don't want to be people. There's people that are walking around thinking they're in faith and they're not. Because they're living for themselves. They're not hearing anything. They're just, they, they, they hear on a surface, but they never get revelation. This is what this is talking about. You can see and hear something and not get any revelation. And what happens is, it's, you're a forgetful hearer. Right? Because why? Because if you don't comprehend, know, and understand, and are not able to put it together, then what happens is after you hear, you'll take your eyes off of it, and then you'll go your own way. And you'll forget what manner of man you were when you were looking at the Word. That could happen between this seat and your seat in your car. But it doesn't have to. This is why... I can't tell you how strong this is in me. I believe this is a foundation why people are not laying hold of it. And I got to tell you, people in this church, we're going to lay hold of it all. We're going to lay hold of it all. And it's going to be the easiest thing we've ever done. It says, In hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiveness, forgiven them. We said this, I think, Sunday, that hardness of heart will keep you from giving your full attention to the Word of God. Let's add to that. Selfishness and self-centeredness will keep you. It'll keep you out from hearing, from having ears to hear. You can't do that. you got to make a quality decision that I'm going to put God above everything else in my life. I said it like this. Father, sink or swim, live or die, I'm putting you first. Did I make any mistakes after that? Yeah. So what? I fall forward. And actually fall, I use that term loosely because I'm a New Testament believer. He's able to keep me from falling. Amen? So if I mess up, man, I'll tell you, you know, all of a sudden, man, his word will grab me and it'll pick me back up so I don't even fall. And I jump right back in to what he's saying. 
So now let's go over to Luke or to verse 14. It says now he's going to explain this parable. He says the sower sows the word. We know from Luke's account that the seed is the word of God. Right? The word is likened unto a seed that is sown into the hearts of people. So so you got to understand this. Your spirit man is like soil. It's designed to grow whatever the word says. The word is the seed. And so the key is, if you have ears to hear, your soil will be filled with faith and it will grow the word of God. You'll never see, you've never, you've heard me say this, you'll never see something on the outside of your life that you haven't seen on the inside first. You'll never have victory on the outside until you have victory on the inside. So your heart, and when I say heart, this whole night, when I say heart, I'm talking about your spirit, the real you. Your heart is designed to grow things and produce fruit, okay? The parable deals, this whole parable deals with the condition of your heart when you receive the word of God. So tonight, you can literally choose to be good ground if you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've come tonight to hear. I'm done messing with myself. I'm done with all this junk. I am going to start saying I am who he says I am. I have what he says he's given me, and I can do what the word says I can do. I, I'm, I'm done with judging my life by what I see and what I feel and what other people are saying and what my circumstances are saying. Throw all that out. I'm going to believe God, and I know that he's going to bring it to pass. This is huge. So now I want to go keeping, let's, we're talking about the sower sows the word. The word is like a seed that is sown in your heart. So go to James chapter 1, verse 21, and I want to unpack this verse for you tonight. Because it talks about the same thing. James chapter 1, verse 21, it says this. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness... And superfluity of naughtiness. Boy, that just ridiculous. So basically, lay apart all the sin. You got to lay it all apart. You got to lay down everything. What is sin? Right? We, we think of sin as, oh, you know, specific things. This is what the word sin means. It means to miss the mark. What is the mark? The mark is God's word. It's life. So you want to lay down everything in your life that does not line up and agree with this. That's basically what he's saying. You have to lay apart all of it and receive. This this Greek word means and accept and embrace with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So you lay down the sin. If you don't do that, right, you can't receive with meekness the engrafted word. Now, what am I talking about? Does that mean I have to be completely sin-free? Well, guys, there's things you and I are doing that the Lord hasn't even dealt with us on yet. No, no, we're talking about You'll always know. If there's something you're doing that's not right, uh, th- you'll know it. 
the Holy Spirit will make sure you know it. And oh, if you'll just, but this is what, this is what people think about. Oh, I, I just can't think about that because, you know, I've tried to overcome that and I failed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. Keep trying to overcome it. You'll keep failing. No problem. God knows it. You know it. No, no. What you do is you take that thing in your life and you're like, okay, I don't even know how I'm going to live without this. But God, I've made a decision to put you first. So I know you're gracious. I know you're gentle. I know you're kind. And I know you can't hurt me. So by faith, I'm giving this to you. Now, this thing's e eaten my lunch for years and years and years. And I don't even know how to even really give this to you. But I'm making a quality decision tonight to give it to you. I'm going to cast it on you once and for all. And I'm going to let you take care of it. And I'm just going to, so now tell me what I need to do to walk free. And you watch, God will lead you. This is why you got to be planted in a good church. This is why you got to be surrounded with the right people. Because we get everything together. And we need each other. And then you just start the process. And it says here, and receive with meekness. Accept and embrace with meekness. Now, this Greek word is real interesting. It's the Greek word protis. It's, it's a real interesting word. It means an inward condition of the mind and the heart. So you receive with meekness this inward condition that you have in not only in your heart, but in your mind which demonstrates gentleness, not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. To be honest with you, this word meekness means literally power under perfect control. The Bible says you receive with meekness. It says here, let me read this again because I, I really laid this word out. It's an inward condition of your mind and your heart which demonstrates gentleness, not weakness, in power. Okay? So, and, and we get our word humility from this. You could, you could translate this humility. So receive with humility. And accept it. You got to accept the word before you could embrace it. There's a lot of people trying to embrace things they've not accepted. Right? See, in order for me to ever move from not honoring God in my finances to honoring God in my finances, I must first accept the truth of the word that the first 10% of everything that comes into my life in increase is not even mine. And I, I, I bring that to my father. And then the other 90% is subject to whatever he wants me to do with it. So when I, when I, when I see that and walk in it, now I've accepted that and I'm like, yep, you know, I've tried to do this my own way, and it doesn't work, right? And now I'm, I'm doing it your way. You're first. So once I accept it, now I can embrace it. Forgiveness. I got to accept. I got to accept that truth that I am to forgive the way he forgives in order for me to embrace this. So this word means it's a balance that comes. Humility, meekness, it's a balance that comes out of strength that is in you. It's a strength of character. So it says here, 
lay apart the sin and accept and embrace with humility the implanted. It says in grafted word, this, this Greek word means to implant. And it denotes this. It's to implant so that germination and a springing up will occur. So the, the, the word, see, when the Holy Spirit, well, let me, let me back up and say it this way. To get the word in your heart, you have to speak it. As you speak the word, the Holy Spirit is able to implant it in your spirit so that it germinates and springs up. Does that make sense? And the Bible says the, this word, well, this word gives us a picture of a seed that's implanted as a result of it being sown. Now remember, the sower sows the word. So right now, the word is going forth. The Holy Spirit is talking to you about your life. And if you will go from here and speak that word, whatever it is for each of you, it'll be different for all of us, but as you meditate in it, it will take you from being a hearer to a doer. Why? Because you keep looking at it. The engrafted word which is able to save your soul. This word save is the Greek word sozo. It means it's able to do what? To deliver your soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. It literally means to make whole. The, the word in your heart, when revelation, when the Holy Spirit implants it in a way that now it's implanted in the right soil and it's now germinating and it's starting to grow something, it will bring wholeness to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Not you. The word does this. You can change. You literally, I shouldn't say change. We can use the word change, but it really means transform. The word of God will transform you. The word, as you keep your eyes on it, will do something on the inside of you. It will change you into who you really are in Christ. And you got to do it, guys, because here's the thing. If you live according to your natural ability, you're living with blinders on. And, and Zoe life is outside the boundaries. We don't talk about positive thinking here. Right? We've been redeemed from all that stuff. We go way beyond positive thinking. We talk about impossible thinking. Where now, now all things are possible to me because I'm a believer. So I could have messed my life up for 70 years, but hide and watch because the rest between this time and when I leave the earth, if I'll employ these things, it will all be supernatural. You just hide and watch. Why? Not because I'm anything. It's the word of God. So we lay apart the sin. We, we embrace, we accept and embrace with a spirit of humility, the word of God that's implanted in our heart, which is able to bring wholeness to our soul. And that word goes on to say, to preserve from danger, to preserve you from loss. What does the enemy come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. This word sozo deals with all that. So this is what we're talking about. The sower sows the word. So now verse 15 of Mark chapter 4. 
And these are they by the wayside when the word is sown, but when they have heard. So they're not hearing, they're past tense heard. Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. Matthew's account says it this way. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, well, why don't they understand it? Because hearing, they hear, but they don't understand. See, they don't have ears to hear. That's why they're not hearing. Why don't they have ears to hear? Because they've chosen not to. Do you realize the good news? Because Jesus came, now it's all up to us. If you want life, God's like, yeah, I want you to have life. Choose it. Before Jesus, no man had a choice. Now, there's people living on this planet, walking around going, I don't want God. I want to do my own thing. Well, according to Romans chapter 1, there's nobody on the planet doing their own thing. They're all living under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. They're living, they, they can't break out of it, and they don't even know. See, there's people walking around. There are alcoholics walking around Omaha thinking, man, I wish I could be free. And here we are as the church. We have the answer. Brother, sister, Jesus died in your place so that you can be free. We have people bound in depression and anxiety and all kinds of stuff that Jesus has already He's already provided freedom. If you're sitting here tonight, if there's anything, because see, this is what happens. When you start violating your heart as a child of God, it causes inner turmoil. And, and all of a sudden, that'll cause interpersonal conflict. Pretty soon, you'll, you're just not happy. God wants to get all that out. But the Word gets it out, not us. Do you see that? God doesn't expect you to overcome your flesh. He expects you to keep your eyes on him and make a decision to just lay this stuff down. But when you have your eyes on him, you realize, oh my gosh, he broke the power of all this stuff over my life and I can lay this down. Oh, it feels like I can't, but when I do, I can. I mean, I found out loneliness is a spirit. I remember feeling so lonely. And down on the inside of me, the spirit of God says, well, tell it to leave. So I said, loneliness, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. And instantly, I'm like, whoa, I am not, I know this sounds weird, but it's not weird, it's reality. I wasn't lonely anymore. Fear, same thing. Fear comes in, you get all riled in your flesh. Just tell him to leave. Amen. He has ears. Tell him to leave. He has to because of, we sang about it tonight, right? The name. Because I believe in the name of the, of, of the Son of God. If you keep listening and feeding and watering the word of God that you've heard, Satan cannot take it. Matthew 13, 19, again, when one hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. I don't have to be wayside. So remember, this first type of ground, Satan's coming. Verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard, again, past tense, 
the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. In hearing, they heard it, they received it with gladness, and have no root in themselves. This means they have no moisture in themselves. Why? Because they haven't been watering the word. See, remember, the doer's blessed because he keeps looking at it. As you keep looking at it, what you look at, what you see is what you'll say. What you look at is what you'll look to, and it'll become your source. So if you keep doing this, you're speaking the word. Like tonight, you're, the word's being watered. You go out there and turn your car on, and you got teaching going on, good anointed teaching. It's watering, it's watering, it's watering. See, you won't, you won't be stony ground if you just keep it watered. They have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a time, See, you notice they endure for a time. But then after that little time of bliss, now affliction's coming. That means tests and trials and pressure which are designed to produce an attitude in you, this is not working, this is just too hard. See, this is not working, this is just too hard. That those thoughts only dominate a person who doesn't water the word. So if that's where you are tonight, just go, yeah, I'm stony ground. I'm changing that. You just got to keep hearing the word. So, or persecution arise. Notice it says it arises for the word's sake. Immediately, what happens? They're offended. This Greek word is amazing. It means they're entrapped. Right? They're entrapped and it causes them to be offended. Well, actually, if you look at the Greek word, it means they're enticed and then they're entrapped and it causes them to be offended, which means it causes them to distrust people and situations and things that they should be trusting in. You know, me as a pastor, I take the brunt of that as a pastor because people will start saying, well, you know, he's this or he's that. Well, all that tells me is, no, you're just offended. Remember, the Bible says, if you love God's word, you can't be offended. Isn't that good news? See, I don't want to distrust anything that God has brought in my life to, to help me. But if you get offended, you will distrust what is meant to help you. And guess where all roads lead? Oh, it might be against your pastor or whatever, whatever. It might be your dog. Who knows what it is, your boss, your job. But it'll all roads lead to this. Surely God didn't say. It'll all, all roads will lead to, you know, this is just not true. You can't believe him. All, of, all roads lead to that. Does that make sense? So we want to stay away from that. We don't want to be stony ground. So immediately they're offended. Now, thorny ground. The first two grounds, Satan came and stole the word. Thorny ground is different. Satan doesn't come to steal the word. He doesn't have to. There's things that a person allows in their life that will choke the word so that the word of God, the most powerful thing in the universe, cannot work. It says, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. They're hearing the word. 
And the cares of this world, cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust or the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Why does it become unfruitful? What, what do we mean choke the word and it becomes unfruitful? It chokes the word so you don't speak it. And when you stop speaking it, it becomes unfruitful. Do you see that? My people are taken captive. Well, actually, one, one says taken captive, taken into exile because of a lack of knowledge. I believe it's Isaiah. I can't remember. Isaiah, Hosea, one of the two. Uh, it says my people are destroyed. I think that's Isaiah because of a lack of knowledge. And that word destroyed means silenced and then destroyed. You got to be silenced first. Because how, how you receive everything from God, see this whole word, the most powerful thing in the universe, it's all voice activated. So if you don't speak it, what will keep you from speaking it? The cares of this world. They'll produce an attitude in you, man, I just don't have time. I got to work, I got to do this, I got to do that. I don't have time to be involved in my church. I don't even have time to go to church. I don't have time to do anything. Wow, you, you need to change that. Now, you might go through seasons where, you know, maybe if you're not doing some things right, all of a sudden you put yourself in a position where, man, now all of a sudden I'm working a job where I can't go to church and, and all this other stuff. Well, start believing God. He'll move everything out of the way and get you right back there. It's no big deal. Remember, he doesn't get down on you. If you're in the wrong place, just make a decision to turn and start, start getting your eyes on the word and letting, this whole parable is the word does everything. You don't, the word does. We who have believed do enter into rest. We cease from our own works, right? So it says here, the, the lust of other things, the desire for other things. This is where so many are at. I just don't want to put God's for, word first because I, I'm, I got a bunch of stuff in my life. I just want to do that instead of God. This is the commentary on this verse. The desires of the things of the world have just become greater than your desire for God or his word. And what it does is it chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. See, there's no work, so faith is barren. Thorny ground is where fruit begins to grow, but it's stopped because there's no attention given to the word. I think I said this Sunday, but the attention that you give the Word of God will determine what you receive from the Word of God. So verse 20, this is good ground. Now, now check this out. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the Word and receive it. And receive it. That means they, they approve it, Right? And then they take it up and they continue in it. That's good ground. When your heart, when you've made a decision and your heart is good ground, it means that when you hear something, you're not thinking about yourself. You're just like, yep, I approve this. I'm picking it up and I'm never letting it go. That's good ground. It says here, and bring forth, bring forth fruit 
some 30, 60, and 100-fold. Notice the word is what's producing. So in Matthew's account of this parable, it says this, but he that receives seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it. Why? Because he has ears to hear. Which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Why? Because he has ears to hear. Luke's account says this, but that on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart... Having heard the word, keep it. Well, honest and good heart, that sounds a lot like James 1. Right? They received it with humility, with meekness. Do you notice how the word just comes together? So verse 24 of this parable, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. This Greek word could be translated, Take heed who you hear. In other words, take heed who you're listening to, and what you're listening to. The Bible says, take heed, be careful. It says here, with what measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Unto you that hear shall more be given. And he that has not ear, it says, for he that has ears to hear, basically, to him shall be given. But he that has not we know this is talking about ears to hear. From him shall be taken even that which he has. Well, who takes? Satan does. He's summing up this whole parable. Do you see that? Be careful who and what you're hearing because here's the deal. Whatever measure you're hearing is what you're going to be able to walk in. It's going to determine whether or not you have ears to hear. And if you don't have ears to hear, whatever little bit you have will be taken from you. Satan is a destroyer. He doesn't want you poor. He wants you off the planet, but he wants you off the planet in a way that will show the world that God's not true. Right? And I don't know about you, but I want to live my life to prove that he's a liar and that God's true. So you got to be careful. Psalm 1-1 says this, Blessed is the man that doesn't walk, stand, or sit in certain places. Look at your close friends. There is a law. Um, gosh, I can't remember the name of this law. But oh, it's the law of association. It, it, it says this. You are either becoming like those you associate with or they're becoming like you. There is no middle ground to this. So look at your close friends. Look at what they're talking about when you're with them. You're either going to become becoming like them or they're going to come like you. There's so many Christians that are, that are surrounded with people that don't know God or Christians that are offended or weak or not walking by faith. And you better be careful because according to Psalm 1-1, it literally, that word blessed means empowered to prosper. So it means if you're in the wrong place, you cannot be empowered to prosper. 